This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, otherwise known as ERP therapy, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit NoCD.com to book a free 15-minute call. We're hot. We're fun. We're crying. But we're trying. We've got books. We've got books. Also, we're sad. Sad Sad girls who read. Hello, sad girls. Hi, sad girls. Allegra, how was your week? Are you sad? Tell me. I am a little bit frustrated currently for reasons that I don't want to share. I'm frustrated, but I'm good. I actually started writing the book. Everyone cheered. Everyone cheered. And I finally got out of my own way. Good girl. So Erin, now that we've established my frustration that I can't talk about, how is your week? I was telling my therapist, was it yesterday? I am like the least sad I've been in so long. For like two or three weeks, I haven't been depressed, which is so – I'm like, what – is this how people feel all the time? That's like, major. How do you get – like if I felt like this all the time, I would be president. Like I'm getting so much done. I'm like – cleaning i'm cooking every day i made a budget i have like four to five auditions a week like yeah i'm slaying so my brain is like something's right but i'm like you know when you're in a happy place and then you're scared at every second it's gonna go away and then i don't know if you relate to this but do you know what got you to this place or do you kind of just feel like you're at the whim of your brain Whim of my brain. Like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything differently, which is annoying. My therapist today literally says, because I said the same thing, like, I'm actually doing yeah. well. Yeah. She's like, great. So, like, what did we do? Yeah. Like, girl, we like, didn't nothing. do anything. My brain yeah. just does this to me. Yeah. And that's the most frustrating part because we want to know what we did mm-hmm. to help us get to this place of feeling good. But it genuinely, I think for both of us, just feels like our brain does it to us. I will say, I was thinking... Because I I did the same thing. What did I do different? What have I been doing different? I will say I'm eating a little healthier, like not like I'm I'm adding more like nutritious stuff. nutrition into my diet, like a lot more fruits and vegetables, which I usually skip over, which is bad. And also I'm drinking less, and I don't want that to be a factor, but it has to. It be. is. It like, just is. it is. Yeah, it is. I always feel more depressed after drinking for sure. And I think for us, when we have the brain chemistry that we do, drinking can't, drinking in excess can't help. And I swear to God, even sometimes if I have one drink, I Mm. can feel a little bit down the next day. Mm. You know? Totally. Yeah. I didn't realize that, but then I'm realizing I've drinking a lot less in January and January is when I've been. And January is also the month that I usually get the most depressed because of the weather. Same. So I'm literally like, why am I okay? Like what's I going like on? I like what you said about nutritious food though, because I do think that there are lifestyle factors that help. 
mm-hmm. when it comes to mood, eating more nutritiously, going to the gym is even something for totally. me. Totally. I've been where, moving a lot more. Yes. I just feel mm-hmm. when my muscles feel sore and I feel mm-hmm. active and I feel like I've used my body instead of just my brain all day, mm-hmm. that makes me feel a lot better too. Totally. I've been doing a lot more yoga. I've been eating a lot of acai bowls. I got a blender. Wait, why does that sound amazing? Allegra, you have to first of all go try them, like ones that are already made. Oh, I, I've had, babe. Do you think I've been living on a rock? I've had an acai well, bowl. I hadn't had very many. I'm now I'm like, now you. I'm on like a cake, and I'm adding like all this shit to it at home, like coconut, peanut butter, blueberries, yes. like yes. nutrition, nutrition. Yes, I'm. I'm LOLing. I've eaten acai bowls since like the beginning of time. But you have to keep in mind, I lived in Los Angeles. I just discovered this new thing called an acai bowl and you should check it out. It's so big in Los Angeles. That's probably I why. think that's where I first had them. Yeah. Like. A lot of smoothie shops and acai places. Yes. They, don't, they have them here, but not as much. You don't really see as many New Yorkers eating acai bowls. Playa bowls. Oh my God. You have to try that. Yeah. Oh my like- gosh nutella peanut butter oh my god it's so freaking good okay so we love that moving our bodies nutrition drinking less that's about it though that's different oh also i have a lot more going on career-wise i would say like that gives my brain something to like focus on and it's meaningful yes oh but i i want to know you know i want to know i don't like being at the whim of my own brain yeah. I just I don't. And I would like to know, oh, speaking of which, mm-hmm. the freaking gyno called me while I was on the treadmill earlier. Oh, and? This concerned me even more. There's oh, nothing. No. Well, actually, really good things. There's nothing wrong. She basically okay. was like, your prolactin is totally normal. Yeah. Your, she did the HGC, which tells you like your egg reserves. Uh-huh. And mine was above average. She said for someone your age, I would expect wow. about 2.5. You had 4.25. So she said, you have a lot of eggs, but that freaks me out. Cause I've been like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with my prolactin, like hormonally. And then it's like, your hormones are good. Well, but I thought you said you had something like a, I did. My prolactin was so fucking high. Didn't you say you thought you had a brain? Yes. She's, this is the same gyno that was like, you need to get an MRI. And she did say you still need to go to the endo because she said, you know, the weight gain without change to diet or exercise, like lack of periods, everything. Uh-huh. And then she also said, which I'm considering, which is, this is like just a total aside, that it would be a really good time to freeze my eggs because I have so many. Do you want to give me some? I love you. I would. You have you have so many. Don't be selfish. I think I'm go- I'm I'm actually, which is so funny because a year ago when you asked me this in the podcast, uh-huh. I cried and was like, no. Yeah. I actually think that I might really consider in the next few months freezing my eggs. If you have that many, you should. It just would make me feel so granted, I don't want to drop ten thousand dollars. No, but I but think if being a mom is what I good. want more than anything in the world. You have that insurance. I think it's such a good idea. Why not do it? Right. If that's what I want more than anything, why not set myself up? Yeah. For the best possible. And it's hard because she said, I would freeze them if you're not have, planning on having kids in the next five years. I'm like, babe, I would have kids tomorrow if I met the right person. Yeah. Like, it's just you can't plan for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But then it would take the pressure off when you're like dating to be like, this needs to be right. Because when you put that pressure on it, it like fucks things up. Right. Like, and I think to know that I have eggs and when I meet my person and we can make embryos, everything yeah. just feels 
Yeah. It really does feel like the pressure's off. My thing yeah. is, so if I were to get my eggs retrieved, I get more eggs, right? How the fuck would I know okay, that? Okay, but that was a really long way of saying I thought there was something wrong with my hormones. And it's like, girl, is it just your brain? Are you just mentally ill? Probably. Perhaps. Perhaps. But like, you're not always mentally ill. You're No, like- I've actually been a lot happier, which is very interesting. I've been a lot happier over the last like week or two. Good. Which is like gnarly also. Yeah. Like, how did we get here? It's such a crazy feeling. I love this growth for us. I've been because, okay, your hair, hair. I think you should get bangs. Oh my god, are you serious? You would look really good with bangs. My if friend told me I should. Bangs, you would look really good with curtain bangs. Oh my god, Aaron, you look so hot. No, uh, I look like a fucking moron. Okay. No, you look hot. Okay, so Allegra's writing her book. You're auditioning like crazy. I feel like the industry was dead for so long and now it's finally like picking back up and the strike's over and it's audition season. And I am like, I think I had five auditions this week, like quay the. I get to go in person tomorrow. Wait, I want to hear first about writing your book. Okay. So me and Aaron are going to talk about getting out of our own way. Writing a book is really hard. And I know that sounds ridiculous because of course it is. Yeah. But you don't really understand that until you actually sit down and you're staring at the blank page. Staring at the blank, blank page, page before you. Oh, up oh my gosh. Wow. That's our theme song. So you're staring at the blank page and you realize I have an entire book to write. So think about in college. Did you ever have that experience where you had a seven page essay due and it was looming over you? Like I have to write seven Bitch, pages. I went to a musical theater conservatory. So no. Okay. Think about in high school. That. Did that yeah, ever happen? Yes. Yes. Okay, so, you know, and it's the seven pages it's looming awful. over, looming yeah. over you. I have 300 of those pages that are looming over me. It has to be 300 pages. Uh, my book will probably be around 300 pages. Granted, mm. it's not. Microsoft Word pages might be a little bit different, but that got to me at first because it just feels Mm. like, where do you start? Mm. And how do you just dig into a 300 page story? But I think what I came to and what my therapist has been saying, which is actually really true. She says, you learn how to write a book by writing a book and even just getting going. She assigned me five sentences a day. And just getting going on those five sentences, I've already learned things about the writing process. Like, I think I Mm want to write in present tense, first person, as opposed to past tense. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think getting out of my way is just doing it, Mm -hmm. just sitting Mm -hmm. down and doing it. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be perfect. There can Mm -hmm. be so many drafts of this, but just get something on the page. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing because I want it to be perfect, probably in the same way that you want your auditions to be perfect. Yeah. Or like when I wrote my one woman show and it was about my life. So it feels like so precious and you don't want to like fuck it up. So you kind of just get paralyzed and you don't do anything. Yeah. My director was always like, it doesn't matter. Just get it out. Just write anything. You can fix it after. Just get it out of you so that you can start like tweaking it. Yeah, but it's so it's so hard to just get it out and get out of your own way and not perfect it as you're going. And that's how I feel like when I'm doing auditions, like I'll tape them, but like then I'll look at like the drafts of them and like pick them the fuck apart because you're not meant to do so many self tapes. You're meant to like go in person and like that's where most people. Yeah, I would not want that. And I really 
feel for you because I will say after doing Glennon Doyle's podcast, I had, so I had to record on my phone just to have a backup. And when I played that recording back and heard (laughs) how many times I fucking said, like, I could not imagine having 50 auditions of you that you're sifting through picking apart, picking like the best takes and like picking. So I should be picking the best acting, the best singing, but you're picking the best that you look. Of course, I'm factoring that in, which is so, so stupid and like not what it's about. But like when you're the one making that decision, like, of course, you're going to do that. So I've had to like start being like, Aaron, you get this many takes because I would tape things like 30 times. And like, that's not that's not normal or helpful, like because when you go in the room, you do it once or twice, period. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. So I'm like, you get three takes, Aaron, and then you're turning the fucking thing off. And then you are not going to watch it because I'll sit right after and be like, this is awful. I wait like 10 hours and then look at them and it's like settled. And then I pick. But like, I need to figure out, I was talking about in therapy, like a better way of letting them go because I'll sit and rewatch them over and over and over and be like, what did I do wrong? What do I look as, you know what I mean? And, and then it's not about you start to, you can't even, I think when you've looked at so many tapes, you probably can't see left from right anymore. You've looked at it so many times that I think every tape ends up looking the same to you. Yeah. And you look like an alien and you like overthink every word. And that's where it's like, you do three, you wait, pick the one and you send it off. And then you don't, obsess over it you act like it never even happened that's like a new thing i'm doing is like just like throwing the sides away i used to like save my sides in like secret places for good luck now i'm like nope they're going goodbye yeah on to the fucking next i have a couple of thoughts and i have a couple of questions for you first of all this is way lower stakes but it reminds me of like you're on vacation you're in puerto rico your friends are taking pictures of you I usually have to wait until a few hours to look back at those pictures because in the moment, everything looks bad to me. Yes. yes. But then I look back hours later and everything looks good or a lot of them look good. So it's probably that feeling too. When it's so fresh, you probably aren't the best person to be looking at it. Mm -hmm. Time away is so important and like perspective and like letting it settle. I don't know why that is. I have, well, I guess question is, Do you think that looking back on your tapes is a way to control something that is so out of your control? Yeah, it's a way to find like if especially if I didn't get it, it's a way to go back and like micro like, what about this? Why didn't I get like, but it's funny because I talked to my friends who are casting directors and they're like a lot of the time, like it is not about the way that you look. It's like it's if your vibe and like look is right or it's wrong but it's not like something you could have changed you know what i mean so like all these things i'm like well should i put my hair like my hair looks flat right there like should i fix that but it also is hard when i get notes in callbacks that's like very specific to the way i look where it's like make your lip darker make this and i'm like fuck do i need to get like my lips you know what i mean like it's hard not to take those things and it's also hard when you're an actor and you have like a history of eating or like body dysmorphia to not take all those things as the reason you're not booking when the reason could be a billion things 
I just love the parallel to dating too. Oh my god! Every time you talk about your career, yes, and the and the reason that I ask about the picking apart is because I do that with dating because it feels so out of my control mm-hmm. that fixating on what I look like feels like the thing that is in my control. Like, is that the reason it didn't go right? That's exactly when it. When really it- it's a vibe between two humans, like in acting, a role is a vibe between you and the part, you and the producer. Right. Like, I don't look at someone on a date and say their left eyebrow could have been a little bit bushier. Yeah. I'm not going to go on another date with them. That doesn't happen. Yeah. It's like, no, I didn't like the conversation. The I didn't vibe feel- wasn't yeah. there. There wasn't chemistry yes. or it's not they were five pounds heavier than they were at age 22. Like, I just don't, that's not what we look at, but that feels like the thing that is in my control. Totally. You know, if I, if meeting someone right now isn't in my control, then let me control what it is that I look like to give myself a better chance. And also like you're pulling up old versions or I'm pulling up old tapes of when I did book, what did I look like then? Oh, I look different now. I have a wrinkle here. I have a wrinkle here. So maybe that's why, or you're probably looking at pictures of old Allegra when you dated, you're like, well, old Allegra had long hair. So maybe that's why, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Or was thinner or had eyelash extensions or literally whatever it might be, but -hmm. it's the wrong equation because like you said, Mm -hmm. it's not about what you look like. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. isn't. It's more of a vibe. Like if someone, if a casting director is going for a grungy, gothic, you know, dark person, they're probably not going to choose someone like Sydney Sweeney. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes it really is just more the vibe. But for mm-hmm. you, it probably feels like what exactly. And it's like if I fix that thing, everything will work in my favor, which is the biggest lie we've ever been sold. Yeah. And it's never personal. Like it really isn't for dating either. Like, no. Dating is a connection between two people. And like, even for your book, like when you were shopping around, like you got the right, the person you were supposed to get. Yes. You know what I mean? That's exactly it. It's, it's not personal. And I feel like for us to have less stress, we both need to like get out of our own ways in dating, in our careers and like, let it just like happen. You know what I mean? You sound like Julia Fox, and I really want you to read her memoir because it was just well done. Oh, I want to read it. I actually had auditioned for something where I had to say uncut jumps, uncut jumps. I've never seen that. Is it good? I saw it on Christmas with Keith's family like five years ago. It was really good. This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, otherwise known as ERP therapy, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit NoCD.com to book a free 15-minute call. Allegra, tell me more about writing your book. Like, you're showing up to the page. That's what Keith says. I show up to the page. Oh, my God. I love Keith. That is the sweetest thing ever. Every day? So the goal is to write every day. I'm Here's the thing. Lori said five sentences. Lori's my therapist. Five sentences a day. I really like that. But sometimes if the day is so busy, 
I then think, oh my God, if I don't do these five sentences, it's really bad. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to find that, like, I, I definitely want to write every day. I'm not going to beat myself up if I don't. Yeah. I am working on, since I just started writing last week, I'm working on finding a writing schedule mm-hmm. that works for me. Like I'm going to write after this and even mm-hmm. where I write. That's important. It's easier to write in my apartment because what I'm writing about is really emotional mm-hmm. and I don't like being at a table. Like I went to the center yeah. for fiction on Friday and there were 15 other writers in the room and I'm sitting there writing yeah. something deeply personal with like kind of tears yeah. in my eyes. And like, Aww. I just don't, you yeah. know, so I've been figuring out where I like to write when I write, but it definitely does need to become an everyday thing for sure. Yeah. And I also decided, I think probably may, maybe June is when I'm going to go to Scotland for a month and wow. three weeks is going to be just writing no clients and then one week I'll like see some clients but I'm trying to give myself like I am a writer I want to have this experience as a writer mm-hmm. I don't want to see a million therapy clients and then do yeah. the book at odd hours like I want this writing to be my career and my priority right now mm-hmm. so I'm like not taking on any new clients and it's just hard because money wise it's it's different you know yeah absolutely but i think like it'll even out once you like don't you get like do you get an advance i do get an advance i get a third of it upon signing which we haven't signed yet and that'll be helpful and so it really is just writing every single day and i think as i continue to write it's gonna make more sense totally you know but it's hard because you have 300 pages and you have this whole chunk of your life Mm. i'm writing about 18 to 29 and you're like doing it chronologically i am but i'm also jumping back in time so the way Mm. that i have it now is i'm starting first person present tense and if i need to explain something in the past that's when i go into the past tense i don't know if i'll stay like that i originally wanted to write in the past tense Mm -hmm. but that to me feels a little bit like the story wasn't coming out of me in that way so i'm just gonna Mm -hmm. try present tense and see and you can always change it. Like that is, is exactly your first it. draft. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. I think like making it so precious, like keeps us stuck. It's that's exactly it. I need to just write and write and write and see yeah. what comes out. Yeah. And then I think the more I play with things, then it makes sense to me. Do you have like someone helping you like edit or like tell I you? I do have an I'm- editor. Yes. Okay. I haven't written enough for her to edit yet. Uh-huh. And I kind of envision it being a little bit more like Jeanette McCurdy in the sense of like 40 chapters, you know, Mm -hmm. but they're smaller chapters instead Mm -hmm. of one big chapter. And I think that that will be a little bit more helpful because I think that will probably help her edit too. Like I'm not going to do a book with nine chapters where every chapter is like 45 pages. That's just not the book I envision. That's easier to ingest to a smaller chapter. Yeah, for sure. So, and I think that what I'm going to do is like this first chapter, honestly, is the hardest for me. Yeah. Because you're setting the book up. It's that period of anorexia and I'm not including much about it. I think once I get past that and I might just like save that, honestly, till the, like for the end, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a lot easier because I kind of like know the things that I'm going to hit on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's fucking wild. That's so exciting. Like, it's so cool. This is such a big deal. And you should like sit and like be proud of how big of a deal it is. I really appreciate that. I'm trying to. It's a book. Do you think you would prefer like writing in the morning or at night? I haven't figured that out yet. 
it's interesting. I was talking about it in therapy yesterday. I think I actually think I might be more of a night writer, which is really interesting to me. And mm. I'll tell you why. I think when I first wake up, it's like all of these things that I have to do for the day and that stresses mm-hmm. me out. So if I have to not have to, I guess if I get to go to the gym. Nice change of vocabulary. I get to. I know. I'm like, <laughs> if I have to force myself. So I don't like having a bunch of things to do when I'm writing. I want mm-hmm. things to be done and then I'm free to focus on what it is. So I would like to write in the morning and I can definitely see myself mm-hmm. waking up at like 7 a.m. and writing for a couple hours. But I think night is probably going to be a little bit more afternoon tonight will be more productive. I think when I've already gotten things done that aren't like swirling around in my brain. What if you do that? But also if you do write in the morning, like right when you wake up, write out like right when you wake up the things that you have to do. So you just have them on a page and you know that you can come back to them. That's what I used to do. That makes sense. Because otherwise they'd just be swirling and be like, fuck, fuck. And I get distracted. But if I wrote out a list, like you have to do this, 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 and this, and then like wrote for an hour and a half or two, it's good. It's really the gym that gets me the most because Mm. I don't like working out at night. Mm -hmm. If I'm Mm going to move my body, it has to be in the morning or I will think about it all day long. And that definitely goes back to the eating disorder. Yeah. It helps if you do it earlier because it makes you feel good the rest of the day. Yeah. I think what feels ideal for me is either getting up and writing at seven or getting up, work out at seven Mm. and then from eight to whatever, right. Then like I can take a hot shower, everything. I just can't wake up in the morning, Erin. It's so hard. I hate waking up in the morning. Do you wake up early? Are you joking? Okay. Because I woke up at 9.15 today. Is that late? Well, Considering I had a 9.30 client, it was definitely uh, cutting it close. Yeah. I like to like wake up and kind of do everything as quick as possible. But Keith wakes up like two hours ahead of his first activity or job or whatever. And he meditates. He does yoga. He showers. He eats and writes. And he's so much more like well than I am. So I'm trying to like wake up earlier and do okay something. how does he do that we need a morning routine that's what he does he always has a morning routine that was one of my intentions for the new year i envision sitting on a meditation pillow lighting some candles <laughs> Med- no i but it sounds funny but that's actually what i envision well do it i mean i know and it's like the phone is away the phone cannot the phone be the first has thing to be away yeah i think that if i did that mixed with eating mixed with moving my body I'd be and then cured. writing yes. would be happier bitches. He doesn't look at his phone for the first hour of being up. It's wild. We should honestly figure out, I, you know what I mean? Like meditation pillows yes. with candles. And I this- do yoga and meditate, but not first thing in the morning. I'm no, I'm drinking my coffee first thing right. in the morning. I think we should make like, that an intention to add in a morning routine this year. Like even like small steps. Like I think so too. I think it'd be good for us. And then going to bed earlier because my issue is I didn't go to bed till midnight Dude. last night. I'm not waking would, up at 6 a.m. I couldn't go to bed till 2.30 the other night because I was just like on TikTok. It's bad. I need to put my TikTok phone TikTok is bad. I go to TikTok for everything. I went to TikTok for my plantar fasciitis. Did you fix it? Um, Actually, I think so. I was going to return these motherfuckers. I got them on Amazon, um, but they've actually been really good. For, I have to wear shoes in the house. I can't go barefoot anywhere. Yeah, good job. Um, and I've been stretching a lot. 
It still hurts a little bit, but it is not nearly as bad as last week. Good. Go to PT. PT fixes everything. I know. Everything. I know. It's I, the really, best. I have like 8 million things to They'll do. They'll massage you. Like, it's so nice. Go to my lady. She's amazing. Where is she? Bryant Park area. Okay. I should do that. And then I have to also possibly move. And I just, oh my God. Oh my God what's going on? <laughs> Did I tell you what they said to me about the 4375? No. You're going to scream. They finally respond to my email. Uh-huh. I've left a voicemail. I've emailed multiple yes. times. And she basically says, the gist of it was you're lucky I'm not charging you 4375 because that's what I could charge you. We're only offering you 4100 like, What What was it before? I'm confused. 36 And what? And I'm like, you- you're not going to raise me. Like, in what world do you find an $800 rent increase appropriate? So... So basically 41, 41 is, she said, there's no budging. She said the landlord is firm on this. There is no budging. So let us know what you want to do. And what do you think you're going to do? I mean, realistically, if I don't find a place in the next 13 days, I'm just going to have to stay and pay $4,100 a month. And that is really stressing me out because that is a lot of fucking money. Yeah. That is a lot of fucking money. Oh, and so next week we're reading wave next correct yep we're reading okay. wave a memoir by sonali durani yagala and i apologize if i butchered that it is actually one of the best books i've ever read allegra's read it i'm super freaking excited it's about we'll give oh. you a brief 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 yes she's the lone surviving member of her family from the 2004 tsunami off the coast of indonesia that's all i'll say wow yeah I mean, I'm so excited to read this. It's unbelievable. But the way she describes just watching that like wave come in, it's wild. That would send me. <laughs> I'm terrified of tsunamis and hurricanes. I don't want to be blown away. And then the Alaska Airlines flight where the door got sucked okay, off. Okay, someone someone's was saying off. that they suspect some kind of foul play because no one was in that seat. That's the first thing I thought. Why is no one in that seat? But... There was someone in that they seat. They missed their they flight. Moved, no, they moved them while it was happening. Their clothes got sucked off, and then the flight attendant had to move them. That's what I read. Like they were naked? Like they had half a shirt on. I'm going to look into it. <laughs> okay, and that scares me because I don't wear seatbelts on planes. And I Now should. you must. I don't either, and Keith always yells at me, so we have Because to. we would have been taken if there was no seatbelt on, right? Yeah, and do you know what's even wilder? I'm going out of town in two weeks, and I looked at the seating chart. Every single window seat is available, and every single inside seat is taken. Aisle seat, and I have a fucking window seat, and there's no aisle seats. Do you think people are doing that because they're Yes, scared? I've never seen that ever before. No, ever, everyone ever. always takes the window. Yes, that's weird. Like, people are taking... Like middle seats. Would they have flown out if they didn't have their seatbelt on? I don't know. Aaron, I'm scared. Love you, girls, boys, theys, thems. Love y'all. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, sad girls. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe and follow our show. It's the way that we can get the word out about our sad girl podcast and more sad girls can find their community. And if you'd like to follow us on other platforms, we're on Instagram at sad girls who read and TikTok at sad girls. Good books. We love you, sad girls.